Hello and welcome on into Kickin' It, the Northwestern Soccer Podcast. I'm Emmett Malik, joined by Austin Miller. We're back, as always, the two of us just sailing the ship along with you all listeners. Happy to be here, and it's it's getting to be that time of the season, Austin. You can feel it. It's in the air. We've probably had the last warm day in Chicago. You know it's time to put some sleeves on. You know it's time to get your sweatshirt out so that you can try to wipe up the glass so you can see out of the press box as Northwestern tries to win a Big Ten championship. It's the postseason, baby. It's that time of the year. It's postseason time. Uh, Northwestern, one game away left in its regular season. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, a lot on the line, which we'll get to shortly. And the Big Ten tournament coming up. Uh, men's soccer as well. Uh, they've got a bit of postseason left to play after uh, their one game left in their regular season as well against Penn State. And we have a good good surprise for you all listeners. Maybe a bad surprise for some of you. I don't know how much you enjoy listening to this. But we're going to record two kicking it. Oh, that's what the surprise. I was trying to think what the surprise no, was. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> we're we're going to record two. We're going to do right. one today. Uh, recording this on Tuesday. We'll drop this uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, Listen to it while you help can. You, help you pass the time. Yeah, help you pass the time waiting for that Michigan State match. And if you miss this one, well, you're not listening, but for those who, who, who miss it... If your friends yeah, miss this yeah, one. Yeah, tell them not to worry because we're going to record one later this week ahead of the Big Ten tournament. That's going to be the big one to watch. That's going to have your postseason implications, everything you need to know. This one is just to tide you over for you diehard soccer fans out there. Little appetizer before the feast later this week. Yeah, little appetizer, as as Austin said. Uh, let's get started, Austin. Uh, we don't have that much to talk about in terms of. Oh, but admit we got that we much have, to talk about. We do. We have one game to recap for Northwestern. Just a, a really big one-zero win against a scrappy Nebraska side, and one game coming up tomorrow against Michigan State to close out their season. Before we get into the standings and all that. Let's start with the easy stuff. Let's talk about this game for Northwestern. They defeated Nebraska 1-0 at home on Saturday, got them up to a tie in th- for third and effectively the third seed in the conference. Coming into this match, Amit, we knew that Northwestern controlled their fate regarding whether or not they would host in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, for those uninitiated, the Big Ten tournament, eight of the conference's 14 teams make it. The top four seeds get home games in the quarterfinals. The semifinals and the finals will take place on the north side of Indianapolis in the first weekend of November. The quarterfinals will take place this coming weekend here to close out November. We knew coming into this match that if Northwestern beat Nebraska and beat Michigan State on the final day of the year, no matter what happened anywhere else, they would host. But we knew that that would also be tricky because you used the perfect word, I think, Amit, to describe this Nebraska team, and that's scrappy. They'd only been beaten once in the conference coming into Martin Stadium on Saturday night, and that was the (laughs) first conference game of the year against Ohio State. They'd played out five draws, they'd picked up three wins, and it felt like it would be the type of match where inches might kind of define this one. It would be a goal here or a goal there. And that's exactly what happened here for Northwestern. They took advantage of what turned out to be probably the best chance of the match for either side. Got out of this match with a 1-0 win, and now with one to play, know that if they win, they're guaranteed a home game, regardless of what happens. Yeah, they control their own destiny. As you said, win, you're guaranteed a home matchup, which they had last year and the year before that. So a good little stretch and showing you where the program's going. Back to this game, I think you nailed it, Austin. There weren't really any clear-cut chances. It was scrappy. It and, was, and Northwestern kind of seemed on top of the action, but the ball was just bouncing around the midfield. They couldn't really keep it in one end. Nebraska couldn't get any attacks going. It was just a, a game where not a lot 
happened in terms of like things you can point to and say there was a chance here, there was a lot of fouls here. It was a game where the ball was just in action, bouncing around for long stretches of time. Not a lot of whistles in this match. Only 10 total fouls, 6 on Nebraska, 2 on Northwestern. If my memory serves me correctly, Amit, I think only one or two of those free kicks for Northwestern was dangerous. We'll get in a second into the goal. Nebraska only conceded three corner kicks, so they were very disciplined defensively. They forced Northwestern to try to break them down from the run of play. I think the Cats struggled a bit with that, but they took advantage of the few opportunities that they've got. When you play against a team that has shown that they can be kind of defensive in the style that Nebraska is, Northwestern didn't concede very many chances. I can think of one header that Nebraska had that was pretty dangerous that wasn't put on target that probably should have been. Other than that, Lauren Clem, I thought, was on her game. She's been on her game for the last three for Northwestern, three consecutive clean sheets and three consecutive strong clean sheets. She yeah, the is, defense has looked great, and I think you were about to say she really earned she's one flying. of those by herself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And in this one, for Northwestern, uh, the thing that I liked most about this, let's get into this goal for Northwestern. A free kick, one for the Wildcats on the left side of the box. Rather than set everything up, they took it quickly. They didn't send it into the box quickly, but they swung it around. Cassidy Gorman got an angle, poked a ball in. Nebraska kind of, their line stepped up. They didn't catch Northwestern off. Kayla Sharples went one-on-one with the Nebraska goalkeeper, got up higher than her, was able to head the ball down. And with the Nebraska goalkeeper quarter out, the net was empty. Kaylee Stahlschmidt pounced, put it in really confidently. 1-0 Northwestern, and they saw it out for the win. And the thing that I like most about Northwestern in this match, Amit, is all year we've talked about set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. And it was set pieces, but they went off tendency in this match. They took it, they took it quickly they, and they caught Nebraska sleeping. Because if you're Nebraska and you've done your scouting report, you don't expect that to happen. No. You expect Marissa Vigiano to get over there. You expect Sharples and Davison to go up very slowly. They were up there, I think, because there was a quarter kick before this. And Northwestern, realizing they had an advantage, took it quickly. And the other thing I want to add, maybe you were about to say this, Austin, was that we knew that Aubrey Quarter kind of looked shaky throughout. She was slow off her line, just a little bit hesitant. That's something you got to take advantage of. And they put the ball in the right area where they gave their best player in the box at a set piece to make a play, and she did. And it can be so difficult for opposing goalkeepers to try to handle the wind at Martin Stadium. This was a classic Martin Stadium Saturday night. Cold, dark, and very windy in one direction. There was a side with the wind. There was a side against the wind. And when Northwestern scored their goal, they were going against the wind. And I think that caught Quarter off. And I think that's what happened. The ball was so high, it hung up in the exactly. air. And Quarter, it's one of the, it's like a uh, like a jump ball in football. Like where the ball's up there, both go up. Now, obviously in soccer, one of them can use her hands and one can't. But it was going backwards away from the goal. That's the way the wind was taking it, which helped Kayla Sharples. Quarter came off her line, maybe misjudged it, and didn't get there like she would have wanted to. That allowed Sharples, who, as you said, has proven to be Northwestern's most dangerous player off of set pieces, to get there, get ahead to it. And credit Stahlschmidt for following this up for Northwestern. She was in the right place. Not a single Nebraska player near. She was able to put it in. Get the goal for Northwestern, and, and it was huge. And even on the corners, Amit, they took corners short and quick. They tried to get it to Cassidy Gorman. Yeah, I think um, maybe something was up with Marissa Vigiano's set-piece delivery. We didn't see a lot of her traditional ones where she just lasers a ball into the box. But it shows that Northwestern clearly has other options to, to mix it up and make teams... You know, think about their set-piece defending. And I think, like I said, they caught Nebraska off guard because they went against tendency. And so 
the Cornhuskers all week read their scouting report. Set pieces, they're going to bring two up. Vigiano's going <coughs> to ding a ball in, and they're going to see what they can do. And they didn't do that on the goal, and it worked for them. Northwestern, admit, probably could have been 2-0 up. Brennan Lavera did really well to get oh, in a good was, position. This was a great pass, too. Beautiful pass to feed her in. Put a shot that went off the crossbar, bar down. May have crossed the line, may have not crossed the line. The assistant didn't give it. That would have really killed it off for Northwestern. But even 1-0 up, I didn't think they conceded too many chances. I really can't remember any. It never looked like Nebraska even dominated the ball in Northwestern's half for that long. I thought it was pretty smooth sailing for Northwestern. Uh, It was a scrappy kind of game. You just needed a goal however you got it. They got an ugly goal, and that was it. I think Northwestern, they needed a result. It was a tough performance. The win, as you said, also a classic, you know, Evanston game. They did their job. It, It was exactly what you needed. And now, looking at the table, Austin, they can get up to second, they can slide as low as sixth, but they control their destiny, which is where this team wants to be, against a Michigan State team that's, I think, third worst at the conference. couple of things to observe looking at this table for me. One, perhaps the most important, no matter what happens, win, draw, lose, lose by 10 goals, Northwestern is in the Big Ten tournament. So they know that they will keep playing. They know that they'll have another chance, regardless of what happens, to fix up their RPI, to work on their RPI, to try to pick up a couple more wins as they head towards the NCAA tournament. No matter what happens, they have that. Two, as you said, a win puts Northwestern in with a home match. And three, it's against a Michigan State team that's already eliminated. Now, that could go one of two ways. That could mean that Michigan State is done. They're ready to go home, ready to be done with the year. Probably their, probably their senior day. But it's also their senior day. you got nothing to lose. If you're Michigan State, there's no reason to try to sit back and try to grind out something here. Go, attack, play free, because, again, there's, that, there's not any pressure on them. So, Northwestern... We saw this with an Illinois match earlier against a team that's at the bottom of the Big Ten table. You can't overlook these, and I think knowing the stakes that's on the line here, Mitt, I have no concerns about that for Northwestern. I'm not concerned about them overlooking this match at all. I don't think they overlooked Illinois at all. It was just a tough, scrappy match, and I think you could see the same thing here against Michigan State, but I think Northwestern yeah. will be ready for it and ready to grind one out. I don't think it'll be an easy game by the stretch. A road game against a team on senior day. They know they don't have a lot to play for, but that also means that this is their last game of the season. Always emotional no matter what happens. I think the good news for Northwestern is that most of this team has seen a big game like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as big games go, this isn't the biggest game of Northwestern season. Because as you said, Austin, no matter what happens, they're in the Big Ten tournament. There's going to be a bigger game to, to come in the week after. But, you know, closing out the season, you want to secure home field advantage. This team has the kind of experience, especially last year, needing a result in their last regular season game to do it against Illinois at home, I think that kind of experience translates a bit. Uh, and this Michigan State team is is not great, Austin. They're uh, 6-10-1, 2-7-1 in conference. They concede 2.29 goals a game. That's the big, the big red flag there for Michigan State. Northwestern's going to have their way on offense. The question is, can they convert the chances that probably they'll create? And I think what we've seen so far from Northwestern is that they can. Because I think they've been substantially better from open play this year than they were at any point last year. Last year, so often, it felt like this team was just waiting for set pieces. And this year, they're still really good on set pieces, but I think they offer a bit more going forward. A different dimension. Right. And it's it's helped them immensely. I'm thinking particularly back to uh, the Minnesota game. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, sorry, not the Minnesota, Wisconsin. Sure. The first goal from open play, really nice buildup on that goal. I think that goal is really reflective of what this team 
could do this year that it couldn't do last year. And just to give you context on Michigan State's uh, defense, their goals against average is in the bottom 2% of the country. Uh, 333 ranked teams, they're 312th. But in their defense, some of those have come in kind of these blowout losses. They got blown out by Washington 4-0. They gave up 6 to Purdue in a 6-2 loss. They conceded 7 against Minnesota in a 7-1 loss. They conceded 4 to Penn State in a 4-0 loss. That's not great. There's no you know, sugarcoating that. But then you look at some of their other results, and this is a team that can hang in matches. They took Wisconsin <coughs> to overtime before losing 2-1. They took the team that's going to win the Big Ten probably outright, Ohio State, to double overtime before losing 1-0. Battled to a 0-0 against Maryland. A Michigan team that really needed three points against their in-state rivals. Michigan State showed up on their home turf and beat them 2-1. So again, there's a lot of bad results for Michigan State, but there's some good results too, and you know that on their night, they can be dangerous, and that's what Northwestern will have to be tuned in for. Yeah, the players to watch uh, for the Spartans. Looks like Jamie Cheslick is their best player. Uh, familiar with her a bit. Six goals, four assists this season. I think North Austin, one thing we found is that Northwestern does a really good job of shutting down lone strikers. The question is, is Michigan State multifaceted enough? Lexi Warner is their second option. Christelle Yewa. Are they good enough to give Northwestern trouble? I'm looking at this offense, my gut reaction is no, but that's always my gut reaction because I think Northwestern defense is that good. And that's the thing. The teams that have given Northwestern problems, and I admit you and I have said this on so many podcasts this year, the teams that give Northwestern problems are the ones that are multifaceted, that can move the Northwestern backline around and create space. Teams don't break <coughs> Northwestern by breaking them down one-on-one because you don't break Northwestern down one-on-one. Davison and Sharples are not just good on the first ball, but their recovery is fantastic. I think that's been the thing that has impressed me most about those two this year, Mitt, is even when they get beaten for pace, maybe on a first touch, they recover exceptionally well. We saw that time and time again against and Minnesota. That, and that allows them to be aggressive up the field. Their proactive defending is why they're so good. But even if you get past them, as you said, Austin, they recover. Uh... Looking at this this Michigan State team, again, they're not very good at, at, yeah. at all their national stats. I'm looking at these national stat rankings. If you listen, you know I love to do that. You love to dig. I love to dig. Uh, they're, the one thing they are good at is saves per game. Uh, goalkeeper Riley Ott, best in the conference, uh, 5.94 saves per game. That's a lot. Um, but that is also coming from the fact that she's seen <laughs> almost 300 shots so far this year. So You get a lot of shots, exactly. you're going to make a lot of saves. Right. Austin, how do you see this game going? I think it's going to be a, a grinded out here for Northwestern. I think the Cats are going to need to, to battle this one. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think they will 2-0 Michigan State, although we may have to wait for the second half to see those goals. We'll take a break. Also, I kind of agree with you. It's going to be a gritty, kind of screams to be a 1-0 match for Northwestern. But the kind of 1-0 But I think it, it will never be in doubt exactly. that Northwestern would ever lose this match. Right. The question will be... You know, how early can Northwestern score? How comfortable can they make it for themselves? Sure. And certainly they're going to be watching results around the conference. No. Let's... I, I, I don't think they will be. I think you focus in on this one. I we will someone, be. someone on that sideline will know. But it's not the thing where if they lose or something, they're not in. Sure. It's just they'll be aware probably, at least before the game, they'll know what they have to do. Um, you and I will certainly be watching. We will be watching. If you want to join us tomorrow on the... Northwestern, or WNUR Sports Twitter feed, we'll have that Big Ten Bracketology for you. Again, we're going to be Northwestern-based, because that's why we're, we're here, and we'll, we'll just run you through the Northwestern scenario. Again, they can finish as high as second place, as low as sixth. 
to get to second, they need to win, and Penn State needs to lose. If Penn State ties, Penn State has a tiebreaker because they beat Northwestern 3-0 earlier this season. But it's on the table. Penn State's playing against Wisconsin that needs a result too, so that could happen. I think the other thing to look at for Northwestern is what they need to do to secure a top four position. Yeah, I think that is probably the most pressing question here for Northwestern. As we've covered, they're into the Big Ten tournament. Second place will be difficult because it's hard to see Penn State losing that game outright. But you never know. It's 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 soccer. Weird things can happen on the final day of a year. So, but yeah, the question is, it's if they're going to be the top two out of the group of four of Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, and Wisconsin, and of those four teams, they're they have the point advantage. They have one point over Rutgers, two points over Wisconsin. For so for them, to and a tiebreaker over Minnesota, and a tiebreaker over Minnesota. Um, they do have a tiebreaker over Rutgers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that is true, yes, because they would have the more conference wins. Uh, when so, they, they tied each other, second tiebreakers, conference wins, they have one more. So the good news is for them is that even if they lose and Rutgers draw, drew, they'd be okay. The thing for Northwestern is that you like, they have a tiebreaker in nearly every scenario. Head-to-head win against Minnesota, as you said, conference win against Rutgers, head-to-head win against Wisconsin. So pretty much for Northwestern to get passed in the table, somebody is going to have to pass them on points. points. You can't simply yeah, equal them and break your them. way through. So that means if Northwestern draws, they're they're fine. I think they they can't be caught by Wisconsin. If they drew, if they draw, they can be caught by Minnesota getting a point and Rutgers winning. But as long as they finish with more points than teams below them, they'll be fine. I think that's the easiest way to think about this if you were confused by what we just said is that Rutgers and Wisconsin are a point and two points behind them, and if they don't get to nine to 20 or more, Northwestern's fine. Wisconsin hosts Penn State, the second-best team in the conference. Also, Wisconsin needs to win that match against Penn State to have a chance of catching Northwestern. Rutgers is probably the best bet, I think, to catch Northwestern if there were to be a scenario in which Northwestern slipped up. <clears throat> which, as I said, I don't expect to happen. Um, but Rutgers is the best bet. But you look at who Rutgers has to play. They play a very hungry Michigan team. With Michigan, their postseason life all, life's on the line. Yep. Backs against the wall time for Michigan. They need to win against Rutgers and then hope for some and hope the, later in the night. The really interesting thing is that Michigan-Rutgers game happens and will be completed before Northwestern takes the pitch at 7 p.m. So before kickoff tomorrow, we, you, will know what Northwestern probably needs to finish ahead of Rutgers and, I, you know, Wisconsin's obviously playing at a later time, but I think if Rutgers doesn't gets a result that's favorable to you, you feel really good yeah. getting into the last if that If Rutgers does not beat Michigan, then it really opens up a lot for Northwestern. I think regardless of what happens, you can feel really confident. And again, as we've touched on a lot, regardless of what happens anywhere else, three points for Northwestern, and they get They're what fine, they want. Yeah. All you have to match. do is win, and you're, you're in a good spot. Yeah. So tune in tomorrow, or today, if you're listening, it's going to be today, Wednesday night, WNUR Sports will have the bracketology updates for you. We'll be tuned into the game as best as we can. Should be a good one. Austin and I both predicting three points. Stay tuned, and then obviously we'll see what happens later this week with the Big Ten tournament. Austin, let's flip the script to the men's team. Uh, had a tough loss to number nine Michigan State, a team I thought they played tough for 75 or so minutes. Lost 2-0. And then a 2-1 overtime, double overtime win against Loyola. I think we're the best team in Chicago, Austin. 
You have to say it. Three three matches against Chicago opponents. Three wins for Northwestern. <coughs> UIC got beat one nil. DePaul got beat two nil. Loyola Chicago two one in overtime. Those are the only three Division one teams in Chicago that have a men's soccer program. Northwestern beat all of them. That's bragging rights, if nothing yeah. else, at the end of the year. And you look at Northwestern's recent form of results. You know, since falling two to one to Notre Dame in that overtime game, they're four and one. This is and the one was a pretty sec- good result, yeah, or a pretty good performance. Yeah, I should pretty say. good performance against Michigan State. This is kind of the little late season surge that we've seen for the second straight year from Tim Lettahan's side. Personally, I think it's really hard to know how good this team truly, truly is because they're clearly not on the level of the top teams in the country. They're good enough to beat, you know, a lot of lower level Division One soccer teams, but against the solid teams in between. I'm looking specifically at that UMKC game, that Colgate game, the Wisconsin game. Those are results Northwestern wants to have back because given the level of play they've shown in these last few weeks, Northwestern's like a solid Big Ten team. Yeah, I think if you probably run those results back at this point of the year, they probably look a little bit differently. And that's what's difficult about it is you've got to come from the start of the year, and it can be hard. And Northwestern just kind of got in a rut in that stretch of – Five, six straight defeats kind of did them in as far as any postseason yeah. aspirations. Because this is a team, if you start this season differently, you take care of business against UMKC, Colgate. You know, I think Ohio State is solid, but a team maybe Northwestern could absolutely could have won could, that match. Really could have won that game. You know, you're sitting a little bit closer to eight and eight and nine, or sure. uh, nine and nine. I mean, you you're sniffing at least sniffing the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's, you're in the it's, conversation. It's tough. I think with their strength of schedule, it's been a little bit frustrating just considering these results that Northwestern could have had, I think, a lot better of a season and that two years they've started slow. That being said, again, their schedule is brutal. Yeah, and also that being said, it's not done yet. You've got yeah. an away match to Penn State that if you win, you guarantee that you're not playing in that play-in game in the Big Ten tournament, which would really do you in. Having to dig for 90 minutes against a bad Rutgers team that you'll probably beat, but also get 90 minutes into your legs be before warm, taking on the best team be in the conference. You attrition before facing a very good team. So if you beat Penn State, you get the seven, you're guaranteed the seventh seed, and you see what happens in the conference tournament. We've said it a lot. This team is not a bad postseason team. Their style of play really fits into knockout matches. So you get in there and you see what happens for yeah. Northwestern. There's still hope yeah. to finish off this year. Yeah, the best evidence for that last year, first round against Indiana. Hung the whole match. Northwestern took them to overtime, lost in the 91st minute in overtime. But exactly the type of thing this team can do. And I think they got to feel good about their recent results because if they win against Penn State, they're going to have five wins out of their last six heading into a big, likely 2-7 matchup. So, Northwestern, there's a lot to be positive about right now. Uh, If you do somehow win the Big Ten tournament, you get an auto bid into the NCAA tournament. But just one big win over a a really top team in the conference, I think you feel a lot better about this season. And this was a good performance against Loyola earlier today, admit. Um, You could kind of hear it in, in Tim Lenihan's voice after this match. This team caught some breaks today, and sometimes you need to catch some breaks. Uh, Loyola wasted two (coughs) penalties, put one off the crossbar. Robbie White made a really good double save on the second. That was when this match was in overtime, and the Northwestern came out of that. And Tommy Katsianis, who has been one of the most impressive players, I think, for the Cats this year. He's got four goals and has has really shown as a first He's one of the best dribblers the team has. Yeah. Uh, got the game winner for the Wildcats, which was 
great to see against, as we said, a local flow in Loyola. So uh, good last performance year, here. Last two years, as Tim had mentioned, Loyola the best team in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so a good performance here from Northwestern and a good way to kind of close out the non-conference portion of your schedule against teams that, as we've said, you play around you and you probably recruit against these programs in some sense at some point. So it's good for Northwestern to have these in their back pocket. Yeah. And it's nice to get an, another overtime win. Yeah, you know, Northwestern has really come on a bit at the end of the season. You can see they play with a little more confidence. They're a banged-up team this late in the season. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's good for them to get these home results. And they've been pretty good quietly at home this season. You know, they do have some conference losses that I'm sure they like back to Michigan State, to Indiana. But they also play definitely better in those games, uh, giving those teams a decent run for their money at home. For sure. Uh, let's look at this Penn State a little this Penn State team a little bit, Austin. What jumps off the table for you for the Nittany Lions? A team that's, by all accounts, not very good either. Yeah, Penn State, 14 goals scored this year, which is not a great total. And admit, it gets even worse when you realize that of those 14, six came in a <coughs> 6-2 drubbing of conference cellar dwellers, Rutgers. So take away that match for Penn State, and they've scored eight goals in the rest of their matches this year, which would amount to 13. So 8 and 13, take away, taking away that Rutgers match. Absolutely a winnable game for Northwestern, even though it comes on the road. Yeah, this is a this is not a great Penn State team. There are obviously less uh, teams in men's soccer than there are in women's soccer. But you look at those national stats that I love to look at. In the bottom quadrant of scoring offense, shots per game, uh, shutout percentage, not a lot to be happy about on this team. One thing they're really good at is fouls. Uh, they foul a lot. They foul 14 times a game. They're fourth in the country with four red cards this season. Tenth in the country with 32 yellow cards. That's a lot. Austin. That is that is a, that is a high number. That's a lot of that's a high numbers. numbers. Um, and, and as we <laughs> talked about, this is an important match for Northwestern and, because yeah. you want to get into that seven spot. And I think the important is also is the optics of it. You right. don't want to be the bottom two teams in a conference. Because Northwestern, like, they're, they've, they're a solid team. They've had a tough schedule. But there's just a talent gap between them, Penn State, and between them and Penn State and Rutgers. Right. They are better than those two programs, I think. So this is a big one. You get three points here. You slot into that seven seed for a second straight year, and you see if you can make some magic in the conference tournament. It's a lot harder to do that from the eight spot than it is to do that from the seven spot. Agreed. Yeah, that extra match is just going to hurt your legs. Not what you want, especially because then you're going to have to go play an extra match. You're going to have to travel a little bit extra. So Northwestern certainly wants to get that. Look at this Penn State team. Is there anyone that really jumps out to you? Ethan Beckford, obviously they're leading points getters with four goals and one assist, but... This is a team that doesn't have a lot of great players. Northwest, they had one good player last year. I'm trying to remember his name, he left, and the he, their team was just not that good outside of him. I'll get that name for you. Hang on. Penn State men's soccer twenty sixteen stats. <coughs> I'm just gonna do it this way. Pick a game they scored in. It probably was him. No, it wasn't Deion Harris. Deion Harris was good. Connor Maloney. That's Connor the Maloney. dude. Yep. Yeah, he was good. Do you want to re-record that part then? Yeah, I'll say it. Okay. 
Penn State soccer doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. They have Ethan Becker Beckford, who's their leading point getter. Nine points, four goals, one assist. I know you hate points, Austin. Points is not a soccer yeah, stat. It's not a soccer stat. It's for other sports. But they're losing Connor Maloney, who was really good for them last year. Uh, I saw him play. They came on Northwestern senior day. The Wildcats won 1-0. But this guy was first team all Big Ten in 2015. 2014 Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Unanimous selection all Big Ten first team. I could go on. But, like, he's one of those kinds of players that's, like, Game changer. clearly one of the best players in college soccer level. And now they lost him. And it's no wonder that they're just not as dynamic. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be a win for Northwestern. I think it's going to be a fairly easy one. 2-0. Yeah. It's, uh, should, Northwestern should take care of business. They will be on the road, which is, you know, never fun to have to travel out to Happy Valley. But I think Northwestern should take care of business, Austin. I'll go 2-0 for the Wildcats. Uh, and then we'll have some... Big Ten tournament preview for you as well later this week for the men's soccer team. Connor Maloney, Columbus Crew, and then was loaned out to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Wow. In case you were wondering what he's up to these Follow, days. Kind of follows the Joey Calistri crew. Arc. Sure, All sure. the Chicago Fire, loaned out to the Tulsa Roughnecks. Yeah. Uh, if you follow Northwestern men's soccer on Twitter, you get a lot of good Joey Calistri updates. Not sure what happened to Cole Missimo out of the Bethlehem Steel FC affiliate of the Philadelphia We'll Union. report back later this week. We'll find out. Uh, another thing we'll report back later on this week. We'll have some updates on Bashiktas. Uh, even no, though we won't. Champions League. We're not going to have any. We're not going to have any reports. Don't, don't promise look, something that we won't I think deliver. We should look into the domestic form. Fine. All, All right. right. We'll report back. We'll, we'll report, report back. back. We got you. All right. Now we got you. Um, this has been an abbreviated version of kicking it. Yeah, it's abbreviated because we're doing this twice this yeah, week. Yeah, we're doing it twice this week. So if you add up the content, it's probably more than what you more, usually there's get. There's more kicking it than what you usually get. Major takeaways from Austin and I. Big game tomorrow for Northwestern's women's soccer against Michigan State. Big game Sunday for Northwestern men's soccer against Penn State. Both of them have objectives they're trying to achieve in terms of the Big Ten tournament in each sport. We'll see if they can do that. Both of those teams should be favored to do so. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, especially for women's soccer, those bracketology updates, not just for Northwestern. Should be a really interesting end of the season. And I won't promise this yet, but I do want to say that we should have an interview with head coach Michael Moynihan for our second half of kicking it this week. Obviously the travel schedule a little bit different with that midweek game this week. So yeah, we'll take care of that next, hopefully later on. Uh, Gensler Berlerigi beat Besiktas 2-1 a couple weeks ago. Just a little, little, little preview little preview of what little appetizer sure. for the next kicking it. Right. Uh, as always, it's been a lot of fun. Austin Miller, Amit Malik here on kicking it on WDR Sports. But we'll be back in a few days. Uh, tune in, and we'll have a lot of updates, good updates for you on the postseason outlooks of both of the Northwestern soccer teams. Four winless for Besiktas domestically, in case you were wondering. We'll sign off on that. Thanks for listening to Kicking It, Northwestern and Besiktas soccer podcast.